We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Cal fans? We are back with another episode of the Golden Bearcast, a proud partner of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This might, could be, probably won't be, but could be the last podcast of 2023, which is kind of wild. I am, as always, joined by the forever impressive, diehard optimist, Cal fan, a.k.a. basketball expert, Rob. Wait, there's no way that I am above you in the optimism spectrum. Absolutely <laughs> not. That is that is unequivocally false. I do not support these claims and this slander. Slander? <laughs> it's not <laughs> slander to be optimistic. It is, however, a painful experience sometimes. I mean... I just want to take a second to appreciate that had scheduling allowed us to record this podcast. And by the way, we did want to wait until I had better audio to be able to record this. Yes. However, had we not made that decision and decided to record it while I was still away, then I think the tenor of this podcast would be dramatically (laughs) different. And yet, because of the circumstances, we are now recording this on a Thursday. And this morning, our very own Rob broke the news on the Cal site that Jake Spavadol is taking the offensive coordinator gig at Baylor. That was fun, folks. <laughs> that was fun. What was it? Three days of happiness? Eh, three and some change. Yeah, three and some change. Yeah. Yeah. It's been. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where you want to start with this. Like, do we do we go straight spav, or are we, are we gonna are we gonna give a little bit of boost and talk about the UCLA game and becoming bowl eligible, and then talk about the spav stuff? I think we're just gonna get the painful stuff out the way, okay, and then we'll finish with a rash of positivity. All right, but we're just gonna rip the band aid off, 
And we're going to talk about Spav. Leaving for what looks like a lateral move. I mean, absolutely by title. Hard to say by pay. And certainly cost of living is is vastly different. Mm-hmm. I think someone on the comments, I wish I'd remember their name, made a good point that sort of jumped to a program that has a similar head coach to Wilcox, defensive-minded head coach. Yep. And they have the same damn mascot. The bear. The bear. Except they're green. Bear to bear. Oh, yeah. They're very green. They're very green. Very green and gold. What was your re- initial reaction when you first found out about this? I mean, I didn't expect to wake up on Thursday morning to like he's going. <laughs> like I expected, I, I didn't expect it, but I was like, okay, the wording is like crazy because that means there was like a three day turnaround, and we were talking about this on the phone earlier today when you and I were talking. Like the turnaround between him or the season ending and him basically being announced as. Not officially, but by all reports, he is going to be the next offensive coordinator at at Baylor was like three days. Like, it's not like he's interviewing for the job or anything like that. I don't think I didn't look up any of the the Baylor like beat writers to see if they had posted things of like, oh, this person's interviewing or this person's interviewing. Because I think they just fired their offensive coordinator two days ago. Um, So realistically, it's like a two and a half day turnaround. I mean, I'm sure that that decision probably came earlier but you know paperwork lawyers all that stuff is a little bit different um yeah i didn't expect it to be like this i kind of expected him to take some interviews this offseason just because the feeling is that he wanted to be a head coach again uh but yeah this is like this was very surprising um i think and it's in a weird place too because like aranda was on the hot seat all of the season and a lot of people might have put him in at one of the, in that list of like potentially guys that are going to be relieved of their head coaching position, but he didn't. He got the uh, the final straw of any head coach, which which is to to blame a coordinator and fire him and replace him. So he did that with the offense, and now he's he's hiring Spav. Like the I I told you that on the phone, but like I think one angle that I think a lot of people might not think about is if he does want to become a head coach at the power five level at some point, is it a bad idea to maybe go here to his home state, turn around this offense. And then if people still don't like Aranda, then maybe you can pitch yourself as the next, next head coach at Baylor, considering as much as we talk about like, you know, what a, what a bad human being Art Bryles is, it's kind of that same mold of offense that he'd be bringing back mm-hmm. to it and some familiarity back to uh, Waco, Texas. And so maybe that is in his favor if he ends up being a candidate for the head coaching gang, if Aranda's fired at, at some point within the next year or two. Um, but yeah, outside of that, it's uh, it's crazy how he comes here. He spent a year in 2016, left. That one, not of his own accord, right? That was uh, Sonny being fired. This one comes back for a year and then leaves on his own accord, which is like mind-boggling. Mind-boggling. It's very surprising, especially given where the success of this season really ended up being was on that side of the football. Um, I think to your point, yeah, I wouldn't have been surprised to have heard 
a couple of rumors out there just based on turning around the offense the way that he did. Um, but I think I'm I'm equally equally stunned by this news this morning. I I didn't you know, when you texted me just like Spav's gone and I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, sometimes Rob just drops these little inside <laughs> insider stuff to keep me in the know, even though I am off the grid. Yeah, I honestly thought you would have read the or like gotten the email notification of the article by then. But it I just worked day, sure. you know, I'm like yeah, yeah, I'm trying to, sure. to be locked in and, and I searched it in Google and it was like already on ESPN. I was like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's not even like a, a rumor or anything like yeah. he's gone, gone. Yeah, I think that, you know, for Spav, if that's his path, you know, he had that path at Berkeley. He almost got the head coaching gig before Wilcox. Like yeah. there was legit conversation about installing him after Sonny. He and was the interim tried, head coach at the time too. Was in a room, tried to, you know, make it work between him and Wilcox. And then we sort of come back to this. And I, I don't know. It just, it doesn't really make sense. I think a lot of people are like, oh yeah, it's like probably more money or it's cost of living. And yeah, maybe he hates Berkeley. Maybe he's a Southern, Southern guy. But like, I would just be like, why come back? Like if you already knew that you didn't like a place, I don't think Spav was like dying for offers this last, like he still was looked at. I know he wasn't a successful head coach at Texas state, but it wasn't like he was a broken commodity that needed to like revamp his reputation. He was still known as a quarterback guru, someone that could recruit really well. And a lot of his failure at Texas State, as we talked about on previous pods, were maybe an over-reliance on the transfer portal, which in this two years later, you know, not a problem. Nope, not at all. (laughs) Not a problem. So uh, I just don't see it that way. Uh, So anyways, it kind of sucks to say this, but we're just going to have to wait. I'm sure we'll, we'll understand yeah. In a few weeks time, the biggest questions right now are where do you go from here? I don't you know, I think I don't think there's any chance that he would oversee the bowl game. No. And then how does this impact like any potential impact on existing roster players? And when we talked earlier, I talked about, you know, we're kind of fortunate in the sense that Fernando was a Bill Musgrave recruit. And I bet he loves Spav, but I don't know if he's like tied to him the same way. Like if Sam Jackson had had the same arc that Fernando had this season, then I'd be really concerned about Sam Jackson. It's like the Caleb Williams with Lincoln Riley in Oklahoma, right? It's it's kind of that. Exactly. I mean, and that can still happen. It can still happen. I don't want to like speak (laughs) that into (laughs) not existence. I, I don't think it will happen, but it could. But so, yeah, what do you. Where do you go from here is my fundamental question that I yeah. want to ask you. I mean, look, the the one th- – like Avi helped me write the article this morning and, you know, just to give our listeners a little bit of, you know, some background of how much our offense improved, right? And Spav's one-year return to Cal, the Bears make remarkable offensive leaps. Cal jumped from 24 points per game, which was 96th in FBS last year, to 31.6, which was tied for 40th. He made leaps in advanced metrics too. Um, SMP Plus in offense went from 91st last season to top 40 this year. 
Cal also saw the development of Jaden Ott into Pac-12's leading rusher. Also, congrats to Jaden for locking that up and uh, gained potential future starting quarterback in Fernando Mendoza. Um, yeah, where to go from here, I think, is the big question. And, you know, just to tie in maybe some reader questions here, um, we we did have that from uh, from N on Twitter. He said, uh, could Blesh be promoted to OC for the bowl game as a tryout? Does an OC need to be found quickly to prevent players from transferring, or could Wilcox take his time in finding one? Does Cal need to start p- uh, paying position coaches more to prevent them from being poached? Um, I think the first question kind of answers where we go from here. I think because he is the run game coordinator, um, it makes perfect sense that he takes over just uh, offensive coaching duties leading into the bowl game, um, which I, you know, I think the team practiced today. Uh, So I don't know. I I, I don't know what the bowl schedule is because we don't know what bowl we're going to yet. Um, There are some indications, but we don't know concrete yet. So depending on that, like that changes practice schedules, that changes um, like the length of the practice schedules and such. But yeah, I think Blesh is probably the easiest. He was the co-OC over at UTSA. So it's not like he hasn't been a co- offensive coordinator before. And um, yeah, that would be I honestly like just because of how good our run game was this year. I wouldn't mind if we just went in-house there and decided to hire a quarterback's coach. Um, I wouldn't mind that at all, uh, but I also wouldn't mind us like you know fielding interviews. But I think Blesh being promoted as interim OC just makes too much sense. And t- timeline wise, I think if you just go back to last year, Wilcox said that he wanted the process to be over within three weeks because of the potential impacts to recruiting that mm-hmm. uh, that the person asking the question mentioned. So I think that's. A great call out and i think that's your window but unfortunately that's the reality of it it moves fast and if you don't have the oc the uncertainty can set in real fast and it's hard to understand the identity that you're buying into going forward so absolutely this this definitely has an impact i i think maybe you could make the case if you had a late season bowl game but let's say like hopefully we get the la bowl not the louisiana bowl yeah <laughs> not the uh not the other la bowl, bowl but like it would be great if we got the LA Bowl and then that was December 17th. So maybe in that case, you could do a tryout. But I think you want to have certainty there uh, as fast as you possibly can get it. The sad thing is Wilcox has been talking about this press conference this whole time or this opportunity to sit down and talk about the demise of the Pac-12. And it took like all of three days into the offseason. And now he's got a bunch more work on his plate. So I think that ship <laughs> has sailed. Yeah, that's that's probably... I- would think that interview probably doesn't happen until like February of next year. Yeah. I'm like, uh, Hey Justin, you want to chat about the demise of the pac 12? Is, is this a good time? <laughs> Call me back. Call me back. Uh, gosh. And I don't think it's paid. I really don't. Uh, no, I mean, here's one, one thing, uh, I, we saw from, uh, let's see. Uh, Peter posted this in the right for Cal discord, but, um, according to Steve, Bertkowitz, who I believe is the sports project reporter and editor for USA Today, um, he reported that per Jake Spadwell's contract with Cal, where he also has been the offense coordinator slash QB's coach, he will owe the school a buyout of nearly $810,000 for moving to Baylor in this role. He had been set to make $950,000 from Cal for his 2024 to 2025 contract year. 
Holy shit! I was I was actually going to ask that if there was a buyout involved. Yeah, there had the coordinators are usually on two to three year deals, whereas assistant coaches are usually on uh, yearly renewal deals. So yeah, it, since he he probably signed a two year deal with an option for a third, so we're getting eight hundred thousand in in that buyout, um, which is kind of nice. We'll see if we end up using that um, towards maybe a an offensive coordinator. Uh, but it is also funny because I think on calbears.com, they've already removed him from the staff page, <clears throat> which is wow. like super fast. But then like on his, on Spav's own Twitter page, like he still says at Cal football. <laughs> so moving quick, moving quick. He's like, I'm checking that right now. He's not on the calbears.com. That's yeah, crazy. He, yeah. Yeah. He's not on the, the staff page. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. He ain't there. Sheesh. Um, I yeah, I think Andy's right. I mean, with early signing day now, um, and with for high school, like that's on I think the the twentieth of December, which is like if we do get the LA Bowl, it's like right after that. Um, the portal's technically open now, but you just can't sign anywhere. You could start entering your name, so you probably want an offensive coordinator in place so they could start talking to those guys. Granted, most portal guys they take a while to make their decision anyway, so you do have a little bit of leeway um, there before you have to dip into the portal and get guys in. Um, so, yeah, coaching changes do need to make, do need to happen a little bit more. In terms of his last question, I don't know what your thoughts are, Andy. Does Cal need to start paying position coaches more to prevent them from being poached? I didn't think so. Uh, just because we, we already went out and did that big, you know, Wilcox did that big ass to yeah. get more funding, to be able to hire higher quality coaches. Yeah. I think we've seen... I think I thought Spav was a direct result of that. Yeah. And you know, a million dollars a year to be an offensive coordinator. It's not you know, that's that's pretty solid. Um I think we're competitive, but like, you know, we're nowhere if if you're comparing us to the likes of like Alabama and Georgia or or some of those top SEC power houses, like, yeah, of course we're not gonna be able to pay that amount. But I think we're still relatively competitive uh throughout the upper echelon of, of college football. Yeah. Jeff Grimes looks like he had a, roughly an equivalent salary. It's actually 860,000. So if you're so comparing it just less. to Baylor, yeah. Cal is paying Spavadol more. Yep. So yeah, so it's probably not. So if you're going off of that, it's probably not because of a pay raise. So... Yeah. I mean that it. I would assume, and this is dangerous to assume, but I would assume that Baylor is going to pay the buyout. Oh yeah, yeah. That's usually how it works. The school pays, not the not the uh, okay. not the individual. It's like when Conzo left for Missouri, right? Yeah. Like Conzo didn't pay that buyout. It was Missouri that was paying that buyout. Yep. Well, that did not work out the way they thought. Nope. <laughs> nope. But then they ended up taking another Cal guy. So yeah. <laughs> Seems yeah, to be working works. well for them. Yeah. Whatever they're doing, we should do more of it. Worked well in football. <laughs> All right. Well, that's the bummer news. Do we have any other questions on that, Rob? Or are we uh, going to go? No. Uh, well, there's some stuff about the portal and stuff. But I don't know if you want to talk about that now or if you want to talk about that at the end, like leading into the offseason. End. Okay. 100% the end. All right. Let's talk about... Uh, well, Sid also kind of asks us in her... I'll, I'll leave the first half because it's more about the UCLA stuff. But her second half is about, do you think any more coaches might leave with Spav? If so, who? 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, I mean, they could. They could. There's no one that I can see immediately. Um, I think Aristotle is pretty settled here in California. Like, he's from California. It, it makes sense for him to stay. Burl is a Cal guy. Um, I mean, we already lost our tight ends coach, um, who is now the head coach at UC Davis. So Was that announced? I pretty, I'm sure it's close. It's close enough. Oh, it wasn't announced because he's still on the website. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it's. I don't think it's done. Done. But it's, I thought Tim would be the only one that I was like, yeah, yeah. But like, that's the thing. Like, Blesh might go because he's from Texas. But if if you promote him to offensive coordinator here, like maybe he stays here. Like, who knows? But yeah, there's no there's no one that like Spav brought on that's like going to stay with Spav in that move. So we'll see how that goes. If that answers your question, Sid, I hope it does. I cannot tell you how bad this Yard Barker article is on Tim Plow. Yeah. Like, it's... Let's just let's just highlight. I just want to like highlight this. It says report Cal tight ends coach Tim Plow. Is that, am I saying his last name right? I think you are. Yeah. A leading candidate for the Sacramento State job. Sacramento State. Cal tight ends coach Tim Plow is a leading candidate to become Sacramento State's head coach. Reported by the Sacramento Bee. The B reported that current Hornets head coach Dan Hawkins has resigned, leaving a vacancy. Hawkins That's... succeeded Troy Taylor, who left Sac State after the 2022 season to become the head coach at Stanford. And then here's an excerpt from the B story. Sources told the B that UC Davis has interest in negotiating with Tim Plow to become the 18th coach in 108-year history of the football program. Yep. A tight ends coach at Cal, Plow is a one-time Aggies quarterback who had two assistant coaching stints with UC Davis, the second one under Hawkins. I was so confused for a second. I was like, wait, did I read that entire article wrong? Like, I'm, I'm 99% sure that it was Davis with Dan Hawkins and not Sacramento State. At the end, they say Plow, 38, was UC Davis's offensive coordinator from 2017 through 2020. I yep. mean, so whoever wrote the article is just terrible. On. Come on. Come on. Did you not read it once? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I'm willing to bet that's AI generated. It says that it was actually posted by Fan Nation Cal Sports Report by Jake Curtis. There's no way Jake Curtis wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no chance. Yeah. That is all sorts of that is all sorts of crazy. All sorts of wild. All <laughs> sorts of wild. All right. That's that's that. 
should we go on to some more fun news? Yeah, okay. So first of all, I want to understand like what Jim Knowlton was uh I was gonna say like what Jim Knowlton was smoking. I'm not sure if that's like totally appropriate, but like <laughs> <laughs> regardless, here we are. I like what did you Jim Knowlton emailed out everybody and said when we go and beat UCLA this upcoming weekend. And a buddy of mine sent it to me, Warren. Shout out Warren. And I was like, what is going on with Jim Knowlton? <laughs> Oh my goodness. He and I did not see the game the same way. I was really nervous because I think you start reading the articles and it was like all about like how excited Femi was to play against Cal and, um, you know, to have his redemption or whatever the hell. And I was like, damn it, man. I really didn't think UCLA players were going to get up for this game. You know, it just sort of seemed like they wanted to beat USC and then the season's been a disappointment. So, and then, didn't really know if Chip was going to keep his keep his job or, or anything else. So I was like decently nervous going into this game. I wasn't of the mindset. I didn't have the Knowlton confidence to be able to be like, yeah, we're like going to go in and get a win. You know, how many times have we been here before? We've come down to the last se- game of the season and we needed a win and to get into a bowl and we don't get it. I mean, yep. I feel like that's signature Wilcox. We've had so many five and sevens that came down to the last game and we against and- Chip Kelly, too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Against Chip Kelly, and Chip Kelly's had Wilcox's number it, almost his entire tenure at UCLA. Yeah, yeah. So what? Uh, yeah, I, I felt terrible about this game, and uh, and then at the beginning of it, we came out. We clearly had good energy, but yeah. then Fernando with the two picks, and once he threw the second pick that almost got returned for a touchdown, and UCLA, you know, got within. Yeah. What was well, it? they took the lead. They took, they the, took lead. the lead. Yeah. I was like, man, I've seen this. I've, yeah. I've seen this yeah. before, and I know where this game is going. And then Jade Knott returned that kick for the touchdown, and I was like, never mind. <laughs> I haven't seen this one in a long time. <laughs> and from there on out, it was a beatdown. And it was, I mean, a huge play. Ethan Garber's going out on the first drive. Dante Moore coming in. Dante Moore formerly of UCLA, now in the transfer portal. Mm -hmm. And he just looked shell-shocked. And, I mean, we just... It's an amazing thing, Rob, to... And you know what I hate is, like, of all the years for me to, like, have my optimism bloom, like, popped a little bit, and then have us come back and win three straight games and go to a bowl game, I was like, damn it, man. Damn it. I was so close. (laughs) (laughs) Then I start going, and I'm like, oh... Had we beaten USC, we would have had seven wins. And if we'd beaten Auburn, we had eight wins. Oh and maybe God. our preseason pod wasn't so crazy after all. <laughs> you just needed to hold the faith. You just needed to hold the faith a bit longer. Just a little bit longer. Just a little bit longer. It you is. Did. That was, I mean, just, it's amazing what happens as a defense when you put pressure on the quarterback. Oh, yeah, Absolutely. I'm like, dude, where the hell was David Reese all year long? <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what we were asking for, right? It's just like yeah. one person get pressure off the edge. Like allow Brett Johnson to just have a little bit more help. Yep. And and David Reese has answered that call in the last three weeks so, so, so loudly. Yeah. Um. I mean, not only with David, though, but like I think the reason David's been able to bloom, too, is because we've – Kate Olave 
Cage, unreal. Has just exploded onto the scene. And not only is he just a stellar inside linebacker, like he is very good on the blitz. So I think ha- having him, you know, maybe plug some gaps or, or put pressure on the offensive line has helped guys like David Reese over the last couple of weeks. Yo, no doubt. I think that's an amazing point that his stability at that, like him stabilizing, we lost arguably our best player on defense for the season. Yep. And he came in as a freshman and completely stabilized it. Not only stabilized it, but was a net positive in every game he played in. Yep. That was, do you know where Cade finished in total tackles on the season? Like ranking wise on the team? I think he is top. As far as the, in the Pac-12, did he lead? No, no, freshman? not Pac-12. Just like on the team, just on our team. Despite only starting, the total maybe the, number or like you know, I'm gonna get this wrong. No, no, we like ranking, ranking, ranking. Like you know, one, two, three, four, third. five, six, seven, third. Pretty close. He ended fourth despite Damn. only starting what like four or five games. Yeah, that's incredible. It's incredible. Good, <laughs> good old, good old sermon. Good old sermon. <laughs> what a what a great linebacker coach he is. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, the season yeah. is by far one of the most confusing. I mean, especially now losing the offensive coordinator, you're like, what? What is going on? <laughs> but anyways, staying positive. That that it just it, you know, the first half it sort of seemed like Cal was going to come out, and then I was like, okay, we're going to lose, and then we bounced back, and then the second half it was like there was zero doubt. Yeah. It's like every single play, like you just saw UCLA, their hope and belief was gone. And and then we had that beautiful like eight-minute drive yep. to finish the game and close it off. That was just poetic. And then I, there's just like a lot of redemption arcs here. Yep. I mean, we had an amazing special teams game. We had Michael Luckhurst who got to recover the fumble on the mm-hmm. kickoff. We had Mateen hit a bunch of field goals and look all of a sudden we're like, wow, we have a what looks to be like a pretty reliable kicker <laughs> and he's only a freshman. Just weird, right? Right? Like all this is so weird. It's so foreign. Like why do we get good things? I just like couldn't even <laughs> believe. I couldn't even believe it. And I'm just so happy for this team. I mean, oh, wait. oh, that's what I want to do. Okay. So Rob, Yes. I'm going to kick it over to you. Sure. I'm going to get your feelings on, you know, just going through the motions of the game. Got and it. then I'm going to play a clip. Got it. Okay. Uh, kind of going off of what you were talking about. I think the, the big thing here was the moment that I kind of knew like this, this game was for us was the moment David Reese like had that sack on uh, Dante Moore and Dante Moore was just sitting there with his helmet off. Like, yeah, it was just you knew he was just mentally gone. He was like, if you, I rewatched that clip so many times because Dallas was talking about it in the Discord. But like, if you rewatch that sack, just watch Dante's feet. You, you're as quarterbacks, you're supposed to have a little bit of happy feet just so you can just move at a moment's notice. He was flat footed, just standing there, and then he just takes that hit from Reese and goes to ground, and he's just like sitting upright on the ground as if like, like what. Where at? Who am I? What's my name? Where am I? Why am I sitting on this grass? Uh, but that was the moment. It was like, yeah, it, this feels. It's like it's totally. It's totally ours. You know what? The the just the. 
just the cream and the cherry on top for this was, Andy, for me. Did you know that that game was on Chip Kelly's birthday? I did, actually. I, I found out after the fact. But yeah, same here. Yeah. I found out after. But this, that is just, that's just the cherry on top. Just absolute beautiful. Uh, but yeah, I think you nailed all of the, the positive notes. I think the guys coming out, I think Ott, you know, having that run. Cade having the game that he did again. Um, Cade winning, I think, uh, freshman player, the uh, defensive player of the week again. Uh, all of my votes for the Pac-12 in the final week of the Pac-12 actually mattered. Like David Reese, I picked. Jaden Ott, I picked. Um, a couple of the guys didn't make it. You know, I, I think I picked Brian Driscoll. Uh, didn't get that one. Picked Jeremiah Hunter. Didn't get that one. Uh, but yeah, I, overall, everyone played outstanding. I think also some guys that we kind of expected to play pretty well all year started to kind of show out in that game. Like having Justin Williams-Thomas come back and have that monster run where he would not go down was simply amazing. Um, like even if Afonso, who I think can't come back next year, I think we have a very, very good stable of running backs with Ott, JWT, and um, what's it? Bar- uh, Cardwell. Cardwell. You know, uh, also, thank the Lord, Javen Thomas was suited up in the game. Like he was fully suited up. I don't think they were going to let him play. But he was fully suited up in that UCLA game, so you know he's he's up and around, and you could see that he could be a, a speedy, dif, uh, you know, uh, game breaker for us. So it's just all those things coming together, and then I think Fernando having, despite having the two picks, still coming back and having a, a pretty solid, complete game the rest of the way um, was just was just beautiful. Like I think I was talking to some of the guys, just saying like I think this might be the most complete game i've seen from wilcox like it's up there like offense offense was going defense was going and special teams was going the red box bowl is actually a good yeah that was that's one of the ones that popped up too yeah which is hilarious which is hilarious right andy because that was that was bo baldwin's last game as cal oc (laughs) (laughs) and this ucla game is the last cal game for jake spavel as our oc Crazy. Yeah. Crazy time. <laughs> Crazy. All right. What are you going to play well, for me? All right. Well, okay. So now we're going to just like switch over to a little bit of, I want to f- go back in time. Okay. And I'm just going to play a, a quick clip. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. this point as a man and as a team moving forward every opportunity we get every chance that we get because this is a bowl this is going to be a bowl eligible team a thousand percent and every chance that we get we're going to put the work in we're going to come back swinging even harder you think you guys played well today all right that's jeff at the end that's <laughs> fernando mendoza mm-hmm. in the presser post usc yep called that shot i yep no chance in the world i saw that i i honestly <laughs> like heard him say that was like Damn, I'm glad he's bought in, but boy, I don't <laughs> know who to be rough. 
You know, I really did. I mean, I said that pretty consistently here. I did think that USC loss was the difference between us going bowling and not. And it's a huge difference. And, and you know, one of the things that we had talked about was, okay, five and seven, and there weren't enough teams that were qualifying. And then all of a sudden, there were Brett enough Murphy teams. <laughs> tweeted out there were enough teams. And, you know, had we not won that game, we're sitting at home and another five and seven season. You know, it does suck, I think, a little bit that the USC game was the difference between Wilcox having his first winning conference record yep in his tenure here at cal but and a california sweep and a california sweep that would have been but regardless to what fernando said locking in getting back to work never losing belief Mm -hmm. unbelievable i mean avi said it in his article this week right like if you read it he was just talking about like Say what you want about Wilcox, but like you can, it's evident when you look at his teams, everyone stays bought in all year long. Like no one ever gives up at any point. Um, not, and not even in that four and eight season. No, not at all. So, like credits where it's due. And you know, if you saw like him after the game, like I don't think Wilcox will ever admit to it, but you know, it looked like he had some it, a little teary eyed. Uh, it's, you know, probably just the, the emotional roller coaster of, of like existential crisis, right. Of like, am I good enough to be like a football coach? What am I doing wrong that we're not winning games? Like I, knowing him, like as a person, I'm sure like those thoughts like happened at some point just because you weren't winning. Right. But like now do you finally get that and get over that hump and, and end this season on a, on a three game winning streak, like. Like, you know what I said the, uh, to the guys was, uh, it's weird, but this this really has 2019 feels. This really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has the feels of like, um, like oh, yeah, next year feels like it's a year where we can turn the corner. Like, you know, knock on wood that we don't have another pandemic that locks us down for two and a half years. But did like, you just put that out there? I did. My goodness. I did. I did. My I did. goodness. <laughs> But like everyone remembers that off season, right? Like everyone remembers like how it felt good going into that off season. It was the and takers hype. It was it the was, takers yeah, hype. It was takers hype. Yeah, and we were trying to build off of that, and we're like, all right, where could we go with the offensive coordinator gig? Because we know Bull Baldwin is out the door. Um, what could we do here? And then 2020 hit, and you know everything kind of just went into standstill mode under the Wilcox tenure. So I feel like this is finally the year where we kind of get back on get back on track my big truth with that though like i do i think we fantasize it a little bit i think that when we were even when we i know 2020 needs to be thrown out and we lost the bogus big game and on the and then the ucla game with two days notice yeah there's a lot that you could throw out from that but at the end of the day the musgrave offense wasn't going to work no and i think that season would have been tremendously disappointing (laughs) it's like Part of me is like, yeah, you know, I don't, I, I don't necessarily think we missed up. But to your point, I mean, the optimism that existed, I was actually shocked by it. You know, I thought because here we are talking on this podcast. Hey, all we want is seven wins. We don't have high standards. Seven, eight wins a year, please. Mm-hmm. That's all we want. Yeah, don't need to win ten games. <laughs> Just want seven to eight. Yeah, and like here we are getting to six with the chance to win seven. And you just like watched the fan base really come alive. A lot of people, oh, I thought that, you know, I was out on Wilcox, but like this has been a really nice like comeback. And 
uh, I'm sort of finding myself believing. And then you have others that are just like, there's just a tremendous amount of positivity, which is why it's such a bummer that within three days, it's kind of gone. (laughs) (laughs) Just, we just have to, we, it's, yeah. I tried to pull a pop culture reference, but I just can't think of anything right now. It's, uh. It's yeah. a roller coaster. It's a roller coaster. <laughs> but all a... those things, I mean, all these things matter. Yeah. We talk about it all the time. You build a program, I think, from the ground floor up by going both to bowl games. Yep. Wilcox talks Wilcox talks about it. It's a main priority that mm-hmm. they should be going bowling every single year. Yep. And, you know, if we want it, our my dream is to one day become Utah. And <laughs> if we want to become Utah, we go six and six a lot. Go to bowl games, win those bowl games, and then go seven and five, eight and four, eight and four, ten and two, and then I, then we retire. Clearly, <laughs> look, I think I think what you're saying is actually it's like absolutely spot on. And the thing here is, like, I tweeted this out like right after the game or the, the day after. Ashton but the thing that people need to remember, touchdown the biggest positive we get from going to a bowl game isn't the bowl game itself. It's the 15 extra practices we get and how much that influences. Like, imagine if you got 15 extra practices every single year. That's that's how Utah built up those young guys and that depth, like getting them those snaps, like getting allowing them to to, to practice a little bit more before your entire team goes on like a three month break mm-hmm. before you come back for spring ball. Right. So like these, these matter. And that's why like 2018 and 2019 was so fun because we went to bowl games in 2018 and in 2019, like those extra practices help so much in the development of young guys like Kate, like Caleb Larms or uh, Cade, a lot of those young guys, could benefit so much uh, from this extra like month. It's like a basically a mini spring ball before spring ball. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah, it's like a it's like a random postseason. Yeah, but, yeah. And, and then it matters to the fans. It does. We we still have cheese. It's at every single one of the tailgates. I hate it so much. I love it, and <laughs> it's it makes me very happy. But I that we'll never forget that game. No. And I think some people are like, oh yeah, these bowl games are meaningless once you get down to six and six teams, but. Definitely not. No. That Cheez It Bowl, legendary. Uh, Red Box Bowl. I mean, we're at both of those. And if it's the LA Bowl, I will be there. If it's the uh, Shreveport Independence Bowl, Louisiana. I think I'm good off Shreveport. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm good off Shreveport too. And Avi is trying to convince me that there's a Margaritaville in there. That's like, and I was like, I'm not, I'm not going to Shreveport, Louisiana just for a Margaritaville. Like, I'm, I'm good. But LA Bowl, SoFi, I'm, I'm game. <sighs> Dude. I'm absolutely game. There's a Mar- Margaritaville like restaurant in Shreveport. It's a casino. What? Yeah, it's a Margaritaville casino, apparently. <laughs> oh my gosh. Remind me again, how far is Shreveport from N- Nola? Yeah. Very far. <laughs> no way. Yeah. I I think that's what Avi said. I don't think it's on the I don't think it's on the same coast. Oh my gosh! I think it's five on the other hours side. away. Yeah, I think it's well, on the where other the side. hell do we fly into? I think you, uh, not Dallas. Yeah, Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> oh hey, you my gotta gosh! Go to the opposite way. No, I'm not doing that, man. I said I told the guys I'm not doing that. I mean, the one benefit to Dallas <laughs> is you got cheap flights. <laughs> 
Man, Spav couldn't even stick around for the potential trip back to Dallas. <laughs> well, he's probably getting a flight back to Waco. Yeah, dude. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I've never been in that part of the country. Well, no. Well, probably we not going to go now. But Yeah, no, no, not ever. But the LA Bowl is a different story. You and I are going to go get some Korean food after the game. We'll have a, we'll have a blast. Uh, you know, yes. the, the Jimmy Kimmel LA Bowl, of course. Yeah, we're going to have You'll hate fun. me for saying this, but quarters is fire. <laughs> No, quarters is great. Okay. No, 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 no. Right. That's not a hot take. That's actually that's solid, solid good Korean food. Oh, good. Now, if you said Steve's Korean, I I would I would punch you through the computer. But that's a different story. Berkeley. Yeah, people love that. And it's I know people people love it. It's once again, go this, back. Is, this is a side thing. Sounds this is great. a side. No, no, no. It's 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 a time and place thing. When I didn't have the money and I was in college, that filled a need. But when it you're filled when you, your belly. Yeah, it did. <laughs> if you're if if you make if you have a job, you do not need to go back to that place anymore. Uh I did go back to, and get gypsies solid sometime in the last three years. No, it helps. You terrible. don't think it's that good? I, <laughs> once again, once again, once again, I think it's I think it's the same thing as Steve's. Absolutely. Absolutely. If there's nostalgic value to it, but it's it's objectively not like the best Korean or Italian food you'll ever eat. I mean, Steve's is brilliant. It's just protein and rice. <laughs> I mean, yeah, same with same with uh, same with gypsies. It's just a crap ton of pasta. Dude, is this really for real? It's only seven ninety nine. Okay, well maybe I'll go back to Steve's and try. I <laughs> know. Uh, I'll excommunicate you from the Korean community if you do. <laughs> All right, we need to get to questions. All right, we got a couple more questions here. All right, uh, first thing, uh, let's go back to Sid's first half of her question. All right. What a way to end Pac-12 football forever. Man, that was satisfying, minus the two picks. What do you say to that? Yeah, I agree. The t- yeah. I, I swear I thought we were losing after the two picks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, we got one from Shavit. I haven't seen him in a little bit, but um, him or she. Uh, do, you think that def- do you think defensive coaching changes are still in the cards? I don't. What do you think? No, I don't know. know. I think. uh, Well, here's what I know. I know the staff goes through like, like you know, evaluations. You know, like a, you know, any job has it too, right? Where you go through job uh, evals and reviews of how you did in the year, performance reviews. Yep. Um, They do that. I don't know at what point they're going to do that with like bowl game practices and all that and how that works. So I don't know of how the timing is going to work on this. Um, like that's, that's honestly the best answer I can give to you. Um, now, if this was a perfect world and we were making changes without the human aspect of it and just like, efficiency at its best you're probably relieving some defensive guys of their duties like now and then going out and hiring a couple guys uh to kind of lead you into the bowl game um but yeah i just i just honestly i just don't know what that schedule is gonna look like like if guys leave on their own court like spav then you're kind of forced into this schedule right but like to uh, to uh, alleviate someone of their duties is like that's a little bit harder that doesn't mean that you can like you could tell him like 
hey, you're not like kind of like the Bull Baldwin situation, right? It's like you're not coming back next year, but if you want to coach the Bull game because you coach these guys all year long, you can enjoy the Bull game, you know? Yeah. And, and, uh, but in the meantime, like I'm going to be interviewing people. I think that's totally reasonable. Some guys might not want to do it, but I think that's a reasonable take. We just won't know what it sounds like or what, like it's, uh, what the conversations are like. Anything else to add? I mean, I, I think I, I think that the press conference is Wilcox. Wilcox speaking. probably, probably will speak to media after our bowl games locked in. And okay. that's probably, that's going to be a big one because that's the first time we're going to be able to ask you about SPAV and stuff. So, and you're thinking that it's going to be Sunday? Probably Sunday evening or Monday morning. I, I, I'm so intrigued by this Bav stuff and what he says there that I think it'll determine everything else. And I think that's probably not how it works. Yeah. But for my brain right now, that's kind of because I'm like, you're trying to understand the narrative planning for it. Yeah. Then the up, upending both offensive coordinator and defensive coordinator creates a tremendous amount of uncertainty. Whereas like if, if, you, if we had just basically said, hey, we're going to keep everything the same. We're going to switch out DC. You know, maybe Servant wants to stay as linebackers coach. <laughs> and, you know, pulling someone else would keep most of the defensive staff. Probably, I guess, wouldn't keep most of the defensive staff the same. You'd have to assume there'd be some turnover there. Yeah. But, like, for the most part, you know, you sort of looked at it and you're like, okay, special teams. And then we got off. And, you know, you, you can understand what Cal would have looked like. Maybe just like you would have been like, hopefully we have a better defense. Yeah. However, now with offense, having to replace offense coordinator, do you really want to welcome in a potential huge staff turnover? Now, if you do internal promotion, you keep most of the offensive staff the same. Maybe you can pitch it as we know what the offense is going to look like. You have the same majority, same group here. Yeah. And then we want to make a change. But I don't know. I just think it makes it everything more complicated than it would have been before. Yeah. Eager to hear what Wilcox says. I yep. probably won't be that much. I wonder if he'll just say something along the lines of, hey, we wanted to give Spav a chance to get back to where he wanted to be. But uh, yeah. yeah. I could probably cook up the script that Wilcox is going to not read, but like, I know I pr- I'm pretty sure I know what he's going to say at that press conference when people ask him about, you know, what went, what Spav's decision and all that, but I will wait until uh, the presser. we got another one from here from Tyler Halleck. Um, it was a thing of beauty to watch the offense run the ball on 10 straight plays and take 7:45 off the clock on that last offensive drive. Shout out to you, Andy. You mentioned that already. Not a bad way to end the Pac-12 with back-to-back wins over Stanford and the little brother. RIP Pac-12. RIP Pac-12. Yeah, that was it. That was it. I mean, I'm waiting for the Pac-12 championship game. Yep. But that was it. What's crazy is like the Pac-12 network isn't going to be at the Pac-12 championship game. Wow. Like they're not I they never broadcasted, right? It's always been on ESPN. Yeah. But like there there's no pregame show on Pac-12 Network. There's no postgame show at Pac-12 Network. There's no 
um, like Ashley Adamson and all the guys like in on a you know table in the corner. None of that. Like they're just it just evaporated. Well, now it's the Washington State Oregon State Network. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, the state <laughs> network of the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> uh, uh, all right, uh, we got one more here. Cali Scotty on Twitter. What percent chance do you think we have to keep Ott, Ulave, Hunter, Grizzle, and Mendoza? And then there's a second question, but we'll go with that one first. You want to go one by one? Mm-hmm. So what do you Ott think Ott? first? Yeah. 50-50? What do you think? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to lean more towards him staying just because if he were to, if he were to have left or wanted to leave, I think that would have happened last year. I don't. Yeah. Give me a percentage though. Oh yeah. 75 stays, 25 leaves. Oh, okay. All right. Uh, Heavy favorite to stay. Yeah. Uluave? 100% same. 100% same. Same here. Jeremiah Hunter? No clue. No clue. I'm going to say 50-50 on that one. Um, I don't think Jeremiah got the usage that he probably wanted this. I thought like he was going to be more involved than think, in, in a lot of the games. Yeah, like, it's big game. He had, but it just wasn't consistent. Yeah, and so I mean, but who do you toss that up to? Is it Spav and the way he's play calling it, or is it Mendoza and where he decides to go with the ball? Probably some of everything. Yeah. So that's why, like, I can't pin that on, like, Spav, but I can't also, if if Mendoza's, I haven't really had any issues with Mendoza's decision-making and where he put, the, or, like, who he was throwing to all game over the last, like, three, four games. Yeah. So lots I can't of, fault him Lots of good tight end use. Yeah. Yeah. With Andres? Yeah. Uh, Grizel, 100% stay. stay. <laughs> yeah, he's a walk-on here, by the way, it, when he'll probably be put on scholarship after this, after this semester, in my opinion. Uh, and Mendoza. I think 95.5. Uh, never say never, so like 99%. But yeah, I mean, judging from like what his parents... Uh, dude, the dude was going to Yale before he came to Cal. Like we know <laughs> academics matters. He's not like jumping ship to like go to, to you know... Bama. Mich- yeah, Bama or Michigan. Like, and like cold hard facts here, right? If you look at Mendoza's numbers, even though he's young and you know there's there's room for growth, there's none of his numbers were like like eye-opening, like he's going to be a top 10 college quarterback type of numbers. It's just that we had seen pretty subpar quarterback play uh that you know, getting to see an average college football pocket passer was is was just nice to see. Wow. Just so hating on Mendoza. No, I think he can grow. Close the pod. I think he can grow. I think he can get better. I'm just saying from the five games that we had, like we didn't see him have like a Jared type of like, you know, four touchdowns, 400 yards thrown, like no interceptions. Like he didn't have that type of game, right? To kind of that we can kind of point to him. Like that's, that's what we're building towards. I want Mendoza to have the Purdy arc. Four year starter. Yeah, I could see it. I could absolutely see it. Then. Yeah. Future quarterback at the 49ers. Yep. <laughs> you want him to take over Purdy? You know, after <laughs> five, you know, five more, you know, in 10 years. Just I'm, <laughs> look, I'm just, I'm just waiting for my time to go get a Jaden Ott uh, Chargers jersey. All right. Let me buy my, let me buy my time. Every week feels about the right time. To just be like, how about them Chargers? <laughs> 
let you know, just a side note before we get to the final question. The fact that we have been fired Brendan Staley, but the fact that the Panthers fired Frank Reich before we did amazing. It's just so stupid. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so stupid to me. All right. Anyways, uh, last question from uh, Callie Scott. What do you equate to the reduction in sacks taken this year? Play calling, better technique, improved talent at the position, Wyckoff and Miller, or all of the above? So he's talking about sack. He's talking about yeah. sacks taken. You take it. Um, I think it's everything. I think it's improved talent for sure. Um, play calling is like just is is uh, hit or miss. Um. Uh, but having a guy who, like, is quick with the ball out of his hand. Like, Plummer was good, right? But he sometimes waited a bit too much for a place to develop. And that's also part of Bill Musgrave's offense. Uh, Mendoza in Spav's offense was, like, it's it's like snap, first read, second read, maybe third read. But you're throwing as you're making those reads. Or you're, or you're spot throwing. Which is some of those interceptions that Mendoza threw were just... He's supposed to go there. There's not supposed to be a defensive guy there, uh, but there was, and it ends up. I kind of like the the Latu interception against um, or that he had right against UCLA. I think that was a spot throw, and you know he wasn't even checking for where Latu was. Latu just happened to be there. Uh, but yeah, uh, once the the name that we have to mention, Mike Blush, he basically took the same. Like Peter did the breakdown on this. Like he basically took the same guys that we had last year and made them basically either average or above average uh Pac-12 slash power five offensive lineman. So it's very intriguing to see like what he can do if we if if he stays this offseason um and like through the portal we can get a couple more guys. Like we were supposed to get a couple more guys last year, um, and just some some things fell through. So if we can pull them, if he can raise the base level of talent, it's I'm very intrigued to what he can do next. Anything totally from you? Yeah. No, I mean, there there's nothing I could possibly say that would top what you just said, which is like taking the same group and achieving a significantly different outcome, I think says all you need to know about the coach because that's the variable you changed. Yeah. Um, and... So I was super impressed. I think there's that's the case that you would make for continuity on that side of the ball. Yeah. Stay tuned. It's <laughs> going to be a wild ride. I looked up like a bunch of like past OC candidates that we had considered and all of that too. And uh, I mean, you know, the ones like Brian Lindgren, right? That was, yeah. uh, he went with Jonathan Smith, the Michigan State. And then I looked over like, okay, what's Arizona's OC doing? Like, probably not going to do a lateral move. No. Nope. And um, yeah, so it's fast. It's fascinating. So I think it's just sort of like more, to, more to come. The next week and a half is going to be very fun to watch. And yeah. so of course we'll try and pod and we'll keep you guys posted. Uh, but in the meantime, um, I think that's it for the golden bear cast, right? Andy, that's it. That wraps it up for us here on the Golden Bear Cast. You can find us on Twitter at Golden Bear Cast. You can find all the red stuff at rightforcalifornia.com. You're probably going to want to stay tuned there. Um, get signed up so you get all our emails uh, because news is going to be fast and furious um, this coming. I mean, just this week alone, like we're going to find out what bowl game we're going to. So, like, that's going to be huge. So, in the meantime, just this week alone, we're going to find out bowl game. 
OC, whether or not Shohei Otani's a giant. No, that's not happening. Don't do this. It's not thing. happening on Right for California, but it's gonna be happening, baby. Can you <laughs> let me live a, like just, just this, the, the baseball season just ended? Give me like a couple days of just like, like ah, uh, still got the roster. You've had it. You've had enough time. I don't have, I, there's never time. enough time. It's never <laughs> enough time being an Eagles fan. It's never enough time. Baseball season's wrong. Anyways, um, that wraps it up for here us on the Golden Bear Cast. And as always, go Bears. Go Bears. What is up, Cal fans? Welcome to the Sleepy Podcast, where we play sleepy music and white noise. Lullaby you to sleep. To help you recover from your Jake's Babbitable Blues. Just imagine an ocean, but it's Waco, Texas. (laughs) That was really good. Love that.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.